We live in a world where it's offensive to preach the gospel of Jesus and to talk about his name. And I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Jesus is Offensive podcast. I am your host, walking on a highway, windy, car passing me right now, deer walking in front of me. Welcome back. As you hear a car going by. Um, I'm also walking, so you're probably going to hear me panting. But uh, yeah, I've never done a podcast like this before, so that should be fun. Let's make sure I'm recording. Yes, I am. <laughs> Literally watching a deer is like 30 feet away from me. What's up, dude? Um, welcome back, everyone. I know it's been a long time. I think it's been two months. And man, I'm bummed I have not had the ability to do this. And also, sorry if there's wind noise. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Um, I just really wanted to get an episode out for you guys. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I am currently living in Montana right now. Don't have a house. Um, and I just figured I would do a little update video or not video. What am I saying? It's been a while. <laughs> update audio here. Um, just kind of explain what's been going on. Um, what's going on with me spiritually. Give me some, give some testimonies or share some testimonies, I should say. Um, and yeah, just talk about some other things that have been on my heart um, that God has been showing me, whether about myself or um, just about the world in general. So there will be some teaching, but I think it's going to be kind of a mixed bag episode. Um, but I really just want to touch base with you guys because we were forming such a great community and I saw the amount of people getting helped and, and just how God was using this platform and, and then to not be able to be doing it for the last two months has been really nice at first, but also tough because I, I, not only do I love doing this, it fills me up and seeing the fruit is something that gives me unexplainable joy. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys can hear me. That would be awkward if I <laughs> listen to this after and you can't, in Jesus name I declare, you'll be able to hear me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I wanted to answer the first question, which would be, why Montana? You know, why did we move? I had mentioned a few episodes back that we were moving, but I don't think I ever gave an adequate reason why. Um, hey, there's some wild turkeys. Um, I literally live in the jungle now. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give some adequate reasons why and kind of explain to you guys what's been going on. So, let that car pass. Uh, with no more prefacing, I'll just get right to it. Um, about a year ago in August, uh, me and my sister and two of our friends, we made a little trip up to Yellowstone, the Grand Tetons, and then we ended up coming up to Glacier National Park, um, which is at the top of Montana. It's on the Montana and Canada border. Northwest Montana. So yeah, <clears throat> we had never been to Glacier and it was really amazing and super fun. I just realized I didn't bring water and it's 91 degrees out. That's all right. Um, 
But yeah, it was an amazing experience and man, we fell in love with just the beauty of Montana. And for a long time for me, I, I've always said, oh, I want to move to Montana, blah, 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 you know, kind of not joking that I wanted to move, but kind of like, that's not going to happen, but like, it's fun to, you know, wish. <laughs> so anyways, um, this was when Emma, if you're familiar with some of the episodes she's been on, Emma, my sister, she's been on episode three of... I think both seasons she was episode three, one and two, um, about the prophetic. But, you know, uh, this was kind of when she was starting to get visions and then having these, like, I call them being in the spirit, you know, like where she actually felt like Jesus was there with her and stuff. And it was pretty epic. If you want to hear more about that, season two's episode explains that really well. It's the one with Emma Werfelman in the title. But, yeah, so actually when we were out here, God had just been teaching her about spending time with him and like hearing his voice and all that good stuff. And um, she started hearing the words, Montana is being saved actually when we were in Montana. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's cool. Uh, kind of like one of those things where, cool. Okay, how does that apply to me at all? Um, but it was cool. And I was like, that's awesome. And actually she didn't tell me to the day we were coming home. And I was like, oh, okay, I mean, that's really awesome. <laughs> um, and then she started hearing some other words like Montana's being changed and Montana's being saved. And, and I was like, okay. You start to wonder, okay, why is he telling us this? Okay, this is weird. Like it all kind of been on our hearts to like want to move. But because of my dad's business, he has his own business of 35 years. And we'd, we'd basically like had our nest egg like in San Pedro, California. Like we were ministering to people every single night, seven days a week, all day on the weekends. Like my dad would go to work, come home, we'd minister, he'd go to bed and then we'd go to work again. Like very tough on the body, but it was, it was amazing. It felt like this is what God wants for us, you know? And, and this was about a year ago. And so Emma eventually gets this word in October, um, go to Montana. And we're like, what? Like she said basically that she had never heard God so clearly with something. Normally it's, you know, images or pictures, but this one was like directly go to Montana. And she was like, okay, wow. Um, so obviously there was a lot of sudden pressure on Emma because, you know, giving this word to my family, basically telling my dad, okay, shut down your business. Uh, everything we do in San Pedro is over, move to Montana. Like, you know, it's one thing to say, I want to move, but most people say that and then they never do it, especially to a place like Montana. You know, you're, it's, total culture change. They don't have the businesses out here that we have. Uh, they don't have most of the things we have. And they also have all the seasons and stuff that you're just not used to living in on the coast, you know? Um, but yeah, God kept speaking to us and he said, shut shop. So my dad, you know, told his business partner, I'm going to give you the business. And, and after 35 years, great business, you know, my dad wasn't in the world's eye or perspective. He was not ready to retire. Um, but when you hear God, it's like, okay. So long, long, long story short, there was a lot of, you know, tough parts of it. I mean, just leaving work, my dad's work, like he felt terrible, you know, um, for his business partner and just, but in, at the end of it all, we knew that like God was doing something with everyone involved. Like my, he wanted to just tell my dad to leave, you know, his business partner, if he wasn't going to take care of his business partner. And, and, you know, he wanted to just tell my dad to leave if we're, you know, he, he provides for his children. And, um, it was a new level of trust that we had never 
experienced or put in him. Um, and it was pretty crazy. It was honestly, I never, ever thought my life would look like this. So, I mean, for me, you know, I had a little bit less. You know, I, I really wanted to be a filmmaker and I wanted to direct movies. This is like some of my testimony. And I always wanted to direct movies about God, but still, like God totally flipped on its head like what I wanted to do and he had been doing that over time and to the point where now I was turning down work from clients that I would have died to work for in my past and it was just a testament to God working on my heart and showing me what was really important and all that good stuff and so um let's make sure we're still recording yes yeah so he had started changing my heart so moving to Montana I mean a year ago I would have been like no I can't do that like I have a uh, you know I'm a filmmaker I'm in LA like all the filmmaking stuff takes place in LA, but I think God really just worked on me to be ready for that. And when we got the word, I was honestly, it's funny, that summer before I'd heard the words, I literally had said, oh man, I would love to move to Montana someday. Like I've always thought it's so pretty and and um, just felt like a place that I wanted to be. <laughs> um, but again, it was a pipe dream and I love the outdoors. So, and. We'll talk about that more, about my love for the outdoors later, because it kind of comes back into the story. So I was really stoked, but also as it got down to it, it was really sad, like leaving my best friends, like like leaving everything I had ever known, my security, my safety. Like, you know, I just got out of college. I'm really starting to make it. I'm making good money off filmmaking and everything's working out great, you know, and then for it all to be kind of shut down was, Sorry, car passing. Uh, for it to all be shut down was, you know, like what? <laughs> but it was really just another level of like, trust me, do you trust me? Like you've been faithful with the little things now I'm giving you that big thing, you know? So we all had things we had to give up and even our house, you know, that was like our baby. It wasn't just a house, like it felt a part of our family. Like my parents had fixed it up for 20 years and then right when they finished fixing it up, it's like, Okay, now sell it. <laughs> so that was like hard on them as well, you know? Car passing. Um, I'm literally just walking on a highway. There's literally no side <laughs> to walk on. And my ankle's bleeding, so that's great. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, everyone, you know, had things to give up. And there were a lot of crying nights, especially with my sister, like, because she hears from God feeling like, what if I'm not hearing right? Like, you know, the devil totally came in and attacked that. And I was like, I'm ruining everyone's life. And, and we're like, no, you know, God told us to do this. Like we trust it. That doesn't mean it's not, this doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. And it's going to be nice where we're like, ah, oh, like, like, yeah, it's just going to be hard. So, um, but I think we all, God really worked on all of us and we ended up putting our house up for sale. And, um, there were some crying nights as well about that. And uh, God actually led us through the whole thing. We really started learning how to prophetically pray. I want to do more episodes on that. But we literally, you know, the Bible says, um, if you want to know something about God, I'm paraphrasing, but ask him, you know, and he's our boss. So he's faithful to tell us what to do. You know, sometimes it's not as clear as we want it to be, or sometimes it's not the answer we want, but that doesn't mean he won't speak. So we ended up about this time of the house stuff, we really just started praying prophetically and literally asking God, like, God, what should we do about this? And then waiting on an answer. And, you know, he didn't always answer, um, but 
when he did, it was so helpful. And, you know, he gave us the price to list our house. He told us how many days it would sell in. And he said eight to 10 days. Well, the person put his offer on the eighth and signed on the 10th. And it was like, wow, God is really directing our paths. And, and you know, not to sound prideful or anything, but it was a huge blessing too. Like our house was one of the highest price houses sold in our area ever. <laughs> so God really blessed us with that too. And like, I mean, could have been like Abraham where it's just like, leave your house and go, you know, into the desert with nothing. Like we, he still gave us something so that we could buy something new. And during this time of praying and asking God about, you know, what city are we to move? He, he said Kalispell, Montana. And that was actually close to where we went to Glacier, but we didn't even know. We didn't even really go through the city. We went through it in the middle of the night one night and, you know, just, it was like a pass through. And so Kalispell, and then we checked it with other people and they, they also confirmed Kalispell, which is 60 miles from the border of Canada. Sorry, there's a few cars. So the greater Kalispell area, like the county or, I don't exactly know how they t say it out here, but you know, the greater area is about um, 100,000 people, but Kalispell, the actual city is like 23,000. So, I mean, coming from, you know, a city of, a county of 10 million, um, it was a big <laughs> difference, you know? Uh, it wasn't like we were just going to Denver or something where they have everything that we have in LA almost, you know? just in the mountains. It's like, no, this is like mountain living. Like guys, I'm walking down a road where there's barely any houses. It's all just forest, which is amazing. I love it. And I feel so at peace with God and it's, it's awesome, but it's just, just to give you a perspective. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we started praying God, okay, what kind of house do you want for us? Like, what's the price range that we're to spend on this house? What's the acres that you want? Like, do we want acres? Like everything down to the nitty gritty. And God started showing us that, and I don't know why he gave us two numbers, but I'm just telling you what he gave us and God does his thing, you know, but he said 13 to 16 acres. We said, okay, this is the price. So keep that in mind. So we had a few um, parameters of kind of what we were looking for, because again, we could have come out here and just bought something our own way, but this was a time to change. Now we're being led by the spirit. We're no longer doing what our minds logically think. Like with giving up literally everything of our old life, leaving everything behind, it was a chance for God to finally take the wheel. Like my dad was totally not in control anymore. In the past, it was like, well, you know, I work really hard. So yes, praise God, but really I still control our destiny. If I work, I get money. But at this point it was like, no, like I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. Um, I'm going to pick the house, <laughs> you know? So keep that in mind. So anyways, house sold and 90 day escrow. And we thought, okay, God, you're going to been looking at houses since October. You're going to provide the house. You're going to provide the house. We're just going to buy it, you know, without seeing it or whatever. Well, <laughs> long, long, long story short, time basically came down to where we were supposed to leave and we still didn't have a house. So we have, um, just to, for those who don't know me, we have a, um, Ford truck. We had a trailer with all of our stuff from our garage we had a moving truck, which wasn't ours. So we had someone, we had movers do it and they offered, you know, to put it in storage um, for a month for free because obviously we don't have a house. So we did that. So our stuff is still in California <laughs> at this very moment, but this was about 50 days ago. And then we have a Jeep, my car, which has like a rooftop tent on it. And then we have a Sprinter van that we can sleep in. It's very small, but praise God, it's very nice. Um, 
So we set out and we stayed in Utah with a friend and then we ended up making our way to Idaho where actually our friends, if you remember my testimony, who kind of quote unquote kickstarted us into this life, into baptizing people, into this new understanding, the demonic, all of that stuff, they introduced us to it and uh, they actually let us stay at their house for 10 days and it was great. We learned a lot, I think, just coexisting with other people, being really reliant on others. We're always so reliant on ourselves, especially like America, California. Like we came from a very good scenario. Like I'm very blessed, but it's finally a time where it was like, we had to say no to doing certain things because of money. And we, we had to, you know, ask people to sleep in their bed. Like that's, to some that's very easy, but to others, it's like never done that before. So God was really stretching us and humbling us. I think a lot humbling is like a really good word. So we stayed there for 10 days and it was amazing. And, and I definitely see reasons why we were there. Um, encourage them, they'd encourage us, encourage some of the people they were discipling and just to kind of learn how to be still. Like we've been doing ministry every night for at least like four months before we left. Like literally every night, every day. Uh, sometimes during the day and especially on the weekends during the day, like I said earlier. So this was a time of just totally taking a breather and totally just waiting on the Lord and being patient and just like soaking him up and really like getting ourselves filled back up so we can go out. So it was really good. Um, but you know, what? still no house yet. No house had come on the market. And here's the thing there, the, in Kalispell, this area is very popular right now because thank goodness that like God could have sent us anywhere and praise God. He sent us here because it's a place that we find very beautiful and also not to get political, but it is a lot more conservative here. I don't, like I've explained before, and even more so now, I don't even pay attention to the news because it's just a way to get my mind off like the work of God. The work of God stays the same no matter who's president, but they definitely are more conservative and more godly values and things like this. So I don't know where I was going with that, but we were very blessed to come to Montana. Um, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought there. But anyways, um, we uh, left uh, John and Eva's, our friends in, in Idaho, and we went on the road and we just uh, started camping and we had like this long entourage, my dad's trailer. We actually blew out a tire in, in, um, in uh, Utah, but it was amazing. My dad, um, we feel like he got delivered from like a spirit of panic where in the past it was like, and I, I know he wouldn't mind me sharing this, like in the past, it was like, if we blew out a tire, he would panic, get all frustrated. It's like, okay, you better not say anything to him. Just let him blow off a little steam. And when this happened, like this was a day after we felt like he got delivered because he had this experience the night before we left, literally the night before we moved, where he was like coming out of the water and he couldn't, he was gasping for air and then boom, he got air. It was like, that was weird. And then we prayed about it and we felt like God was saying, I delivered you from panic. And thank God, because again, my dad, like in his past and similar to me too, is like, control, like panic about things, like just, it needs to be in control. So, you know, a tire popping at 8 a.m. in the morning on a, on an 80 mile per hour highway is like panic mode, you know, but he got out of the car. We were laughing. We fixed the tire. It was so easy. It was so fun. There was no panic at all. It was literally miraculous and it was amazing. So sorry, I backtracked for that, but I felt like that needed to be said. But with that, you know, towing this trailer up these huge mountain passes with an older truck, uh, the trailer probably overpacked for the weight limit. Praise God, he got us here safely. And we finally made it into Kalispell um, on the 13th of June. Yeah, it's been a month, little over a month. 
And so that was crazy. And we got here and um, we found a place to store my dad's truck, the trailer and my sister's Jeep. So we all drove in the van and my car, uh, since my car I was using to camp in as well. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> as you know, with all things, the fun part of it, the like, oh, excitement, like really started to die down when we kept not having a house. Oh, and I know what I was gonna say, like, yeah, I, I remember what I was saying earlier, like we could have just came here and bought a house. Like we have the money to buy the houses. Now, the, oh, that's what I was saying, <laughs> sorry. The market is super um, up right now. Like a house that's worth 400,000 is selling for 800,000. It's absolutely insane. Um, so this area is not normally like a really expensive area, but right now it it is in terms of like the past. So. And a lot of people want to come here. That's what I was saying because of the conservative values and everything that's been going on in the world. Praise God, he just sent us here. I mean, he could have sent us to somewhere that was horrible and we still have to wear masks. But I think these people are really hungry because obviously their eyes are still open. Some people have really, you know, a lot of these liberal places, not to say liberals can't be saved. It's not a political thing, but a lot of them have completely, you know, hardened their heart towards like seeing anything of the spiritual. So I think these people are hungry and I can tell that a lot of them are Bible thumpers, but they haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. They haven't received freedom. There's still bondage in this place, but all that to say, the market's really high, but we could have come in and bought something and been fine and just been like, oh, we're not gonna buy acreage. Like we'll just settle because you know, we want a house. But because of God saying the parameters, well, that's why we don't have a house yet because there hasn't been something that's 13 to 16 acres in the price range that he, explain to us um and you know what we've there's been times where we've questioned like did we hear right and he's came back yes you heard right don't worry i'm working on you right now and i think it's just been a really humbling process because getting back to what i was saying you know you get up here and it's amazing and the first week we're going to glacier national park and it's beautiful we're checking out everything and slowly it just starts to be like when are we going to get a house like you know when you're driving around your home and then you have to sleep in it and everything's tight i mean there's no room. Imagine like a Mercedes Sprinter with like three to four people in it at a time. It gets very tight and, you know, praise God. I, I don't want to be grumbling at all. I'm just trying to give you a perspective of kind of why there's been some struggle. So over time, it's like, God, are you going to provide a house? Like you start to doubt, you know, and even though, as you can, I don't see this out of pride, but me feeling like, oh, I'm really strong spiritually. Like God's taking me a long way. Like I, but you still get to a point where it's like, wow, okay, God, I see what you're doing here because there's still work to be done. Like, I still have selfish desires. Like, I'm more worried about, like, I'll give you a little background. Like I was saying, I love camping, hiking, fishing, everything outdoors, riding motorcycles, you name it, I love it, you know? Um, so getting out to Montana was like, here's the plan. I'm, we're gonna get a house and I'm just gonna go do like all these things that I wanna do, you know, and also do ministry. But but again, looking at it now is like, I was looking at the selfish things, the things that I want you know, and I see that God is like taking us deeper in refinement. Cause it's like, well, we're still doing ministry every night. It's not like we were bad people. It wasn't like we were living in sin, but God's like, listen, I have even deeper, greater work for you here, but I need you to be deeper and greater and like dying to yourself even more, being more selfless, you know? And the hardest thing for me is like, and I'm just being totally open, even as like kind of stupid as it sounds, it's like, I wait all year for summer because I love camping and love the outdoors. And now summer, I'm just walking, watching it go by and I can't really do anything. Like, um, and I'm not going to give a reason why I can't do every little thing, but I just see God shutting doors. Like, no, we can't do that right now. No, we can't do that right now. Like, and it's been humbling because it's been like, 
ah, uh, like these are all things I wanted to do. And now I live in Montana. It's like a kid in a candy shop and he can't buy anything, you know? Um, but I see now I'm like, God, I see what you're doing. And you know, our, our good friend actually Ephraim got a word for us a few uh, days ago. Cause we were just feeling down and we had went and looked at a house and God said it wasn't the one. And we were just like, you know, God, please. Like we just need encouragement and praise God for the prophetic and like the saints around us that are willing to pray. And thank you also in advance for every one of you guys who's been praying for our house. Um, I felt those prayers for sure. Um, but you know, he got the word that God's refining us. It's like an olive and he's like squeezing it. Like, and we're still being squeezed. And even all the selfishness that I thought I dealt with that I thought I'm not selfish is like, it's still there. Like me wanting my own goals. And God's like, I sent you here to do ministry, to teach people about me. Obviously, none of the stuff I love to do is bad, and it's not that he's not going to let me do those things. That's not at all the message that I'm getting from God. But the point is, is what is your first priority? What is what is your reason for being out here? You know, there's going to be plenty of time to fish. There's going to be plenty of time to hike, but why are you here, you know? And so I think we've been here now for a month and still no house. And, you know, once you get a house, there's also escrow, and the shortest is 15 days. So we know at least there's 16 more days until, you know, potentially we get to like sleep in our own beds, you know, and praise God. Like I have a king size bed. I have a cover over my house, even though it's just a tent, a topper on my truck. And like my parents, they have a bed. Like we are so far off from what they talk about in the Bible as like suffering. Um, but I just see that like with everyone, you know, your circumstances, yeah, at large, they're not a big deal, but like to me, it's like, wow, I'm really being stretched. Like I've never had to do this before. I've never had to tell myself no. Like I, I grew up in a very blessed household where, hey, you want to go out to eat? Let's go. Hey, you want to get this? Let's get it. It's like, no, we can't do that anymore. And that sounds like probably very entitled of me to say, but again, I'm, I'm just here to be open and honest about how God is working in me and maybe it can help one of you. Um, but he's really refining me and making me realize like I'm not here on this um, world in this state for my purposes. I'm here completely for God's purposes, you know? Um, and so it's been very humbling and hard, but it's been super good. And ever since we got those words, I've just been pumped and even deciding to do this podcast, I'm like, you know what? I need to get back into just the grind, even if it's hard, even if it's outside and you hear trucks and you hear me panting, like I just need to like do this. And I really need to, one of the words was like, spend time with me even after you've spent time with me. Like, like we have all this free time. I have nothing to do during the day. I'm full loose and fancy free, as my mom has been saying. I have had a few like editing gigs, praise God, because it's been paying my bills. But like, I have so much time to do anything. And God is just reminding me, like, I'm giving you this time to spend with me. Not so you can read, you know, a book or not so you can watch YouTube videos and just like wait it out, quote unquote, for the house. It's like, no, I've given you this time to work on yourself, to connect with me, to go deeper. Like, I don't want to get out of this period and be like, okay, well now we have a house, just go back to normal life like it was in California. It's like, no, he's having this long drawn out period of no house and being homeless is like to really prepare us for the, for what's coming and for really to just, at least for me, I think just become, that was loud. For me, just to become less selfish and, and to think about the kingdom over everything. And praise God in this time, we've met some people off the last reformation map that I've talked about before. That's actually how a lot of people get in contact with us about getting baptized, delivered. Um, we moved our marker up to 
Kalispell and there's a few other people in the surrounding area. So we reached out to them and I, I can see where God already has us working because a lot of them need some help. You know, they haven't seen deliverance. They believe it or, you know, some of them need deliverance and or, um, you know, better understanding of baptism or repentance and just all these things. Some people need to speak in tongues. So I already see what God is doing. And he's had given Emma some beautiful words just about Kalispell and how like there's going to be a beam of light like and a presence that's just going to be incredible that God is going to do here. It's like greater than anything we've ever seen. And like hearing that is like, what? Like you chose us to be here. So yeah, it's hard and whatever. But I'm like every day I'm trying to think like, God, be thankful for the little things like and to, honestly, they're big things. Like, God, thank you that you even allowed us to live here in Montana. You could have sent us to Ohio. No offense to anyone who lives in Ohio, but to me, Montana is the most beautiful place in the lower 48 states. Like, you could have sent us anywhere, but you sent us here where the people are so nice and where there's a there's people that are in need and where everything is so beautiful. Um, it's like, wow. You know, and, and God, you've given us food and, and money to provide and, and a, a roof over our heads. Like, how can I complain about anything, you know? Um, so I really do see, like, the good that's coming from it. I've literally been walking in circles for the last, like, 10 minutes. I'm going to get back on the road here. But, um, yeah, so it's like, wow, thank you, Lord. So, anyways, I just kind of wanted to give an update. Um, again, please, if you, if you can, if you feel led to, Please pray for us. Um, uh, I mean, you can pray that we'll get a house, but I would, if you, if you wouldn't mind just praying just for perseverance and like that God would take us deeper because I don't just want a house like now. I do, but at the same time, it's like, no, like I know there's a purpose behind the waiting. So I don't want to miss that purpose just because I want a house so bad, you know? Uh, obviously winter's coming and I know he's going to provide and he already hooked us up with a guy actually that we met at this little get together thing. Um, one of the pastors out here is open to the Holy Spirit and he got some people together and we had just met him off the TLR map. And uh, we were able to share our story with a lot of these people that are super new to the Holy Spirit and everyone was very encouraged. And And I think it's just starting a little fire. It has nothing to do with us, but you know, God, what he's done in our lives is now moving us here so we can help the people here to get them at the same place. Um, and so one of the guys there was like, I've been praying about you guys. And God said to like have you stay at my place for a little while obviously not in his house but he has some rv spots and and it's really great you know it's free it's amazing we've been staying at campgrounds everything comes with its own set of you know issues like if we're not at a campground it's hard to take showers because we don't have a shower we have a shower in the van but it's basically unusable and we're all pretty tall people so we've never used it so we're always usually showering um, at these campgrounds and we don't really have that right now and but you know what? It's like we see God's hand so much, even when there's struggles with other things. So it's like God is providing and God is giving us everything we need. And yeah, I just I just got to be thankful and keep my mind straight. And just God, some, something God's been speaking to me is just like being present. And I know that's like a super like college at least at my Christian college, I'm always like be present, you know. But seriously though, it is a really good practice of just, I'm always thinking of the future. Oh, I want to go do this. I want to go do this. Or oh, winter's coming. It's like, no. You need to just think of today and like what God is doing today. Because again, you're just going to, I'm talking to myself, but like I'm just going to get overwhelmed thinking about like, oh my gosh, what if we don't have a house by this time? You know, 
I need to just think about today because when I do that, the days go by so fast, you know, and I'm also growing. If I'm always looking ahead, I'm never allowing myself to be in the present to get filled up by God. And, and God actually gave me a really cool vision the other day. I was just spending some time with him and not to divulge too much, but it's basically a vision of like my future. And it was just like this picture. And it just reminded me, God was saying like, I already have it. Like I have it handled, like stop worrying. Like look at how beautiful this picture is. Like some of the things that you think are going to be a part of it won't be, but it's the things that are meant to be a part of it. And it is going to be beautiful. And, and him just speaking into some of the things that like, Taylor, what are the things you really care about? Like, yeah, all these worldly funds, things, they'll die out. You'll get bored of them. But like the family that he's going to bless me with and the, the ministry and all this stuff. So anyways, it was just really encouraging and comforting to remember, okay, he's got the future. So let me worry about the present right now. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm like, <laughs> um, but anyways, that's all I'm going to say about the move. I, I thank you guys so much for your prayers. And, and again, I'm going to try to do more podcasts like this where I'm walking. I'm at least going to try to finish, finish, <laughs> finish season 10. Uh, I got, um, what, like two more episodes, this one and one more. So I'm going to try to do that. Um, and then uh, see what happens from there. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to have, uh, my friend Kylie on the podcast next week. Shout out. Um, but we'll see kind of what happens. She will be on eventually. So, um, but yeah, so thank you guys for those prayers and pulling out my notes. Cause there were a few other things I just wrote down. And again, now I'm just going to kind of bounce around. Oh, so the next thing is, uh, that I want to talk about, and this is literally just three things that are on my heart. So it's going to throw them out there. They're probably going to feel really like out of left field, but some things that when I was trying to think, what should I talk about? It's like, Oh, I wanted to say a little thing about this. I want to say a little thing about this. And I feel like this is the platform that I have to kind of be able to say some things that are on that God's speaking to me and that are on my mind. So one thing is, um, I'm really thankful for every one of you guys who's been listening to the podcast, who it's been encouraging, but I want to remind you and encourage you to practice the things that I'm talking about. Um, especially if you resonate with them. Obviously, if you don't resonate with them, well, then, yeah, I don't know why you'd be listening. But anyways, for instance, like with my with my story about pornography and, and masturbation and lust and how God delivered me from it, um, I've actually, God put it on my heart a while back to actually write a book for young men about that and even women um, about the power of fasting because I thought, wow, this is a key. Like, this is this is a way to get free. Like, man, imagine if there was a book that, like, you know, there's a billion books about this stuff and most of them don't work because they don't involve God. But imagine if there was a book that was like, this works. As long as your heart is in it, <laughs> this works, you know? But that's how I feel about sharing my testimony. Um, and I've met some of you over email um, and over the phone who have said, yeah, I struggle with that and stuff. But my gripe is that, are you attempting what I've set out, like I've explained, hey, this is how I got free. It's not a one-time thing just for me. This works for, you know, everyone. <laughs> you know why? Because the Bible says so. <laughs> so it's not irritated me, but just been like, bummed me out. Because I'm like, you have a way out, and but are you willing to really put in the work? And I bring that up because a buddy of mine, actually, I don't know if he's listening, but shout out. I'm not going to say his name, but... 
he was listening to the podcast. He never listened to it, but I was wearing the shirt and he was like, oh man, I got to listen to that. So he added it and I didn't really know where he stood with, you know, Holy Spirit stuff and deliverance. And, you know, there's a lot of X factors in this line of work, <laughs> um, and yet, you know, in real Christianity. But he actually wrote, watched Justin and Sabrina's episode, which thank you guys for watching that one because I know that it's encouraged a lot of people and praise God for them. They're doing great. Um, and he listened and he messaged me. He's like, can we talk on the phone? Like, I talked to him and it went so well. And I didn't realize he has been open to a lot of the stuff. And I think he just needed clarity on it. And, you know, God's working on him too. And it was incredible. And so then he like started talking to me about my testimony and I just shared like being free from lust and this is how it works. Like, it's not just my experience. This is something that you can do. Like the Bible says, some demons only come out with prayer and fasting. Well, I guess the first step is, um, not declaring, but what's the word like is accepting that you have a demon. Cause I think some of you who are struggling with lust is like, yeah, but it's not a demon Taylor. Like, but we need to get over our pride. You guys like demons, I want to say they're not a bad thing. Obviously they are, they suck, but it's not, I, I want to normalize demons. Like it's a spirit. Like you might never feel it in there, but it does cause you to do one thing. And if you can't control your lust and your pornography, it's demonic, it's uncontrollable. The fruits of the spirit are self-control. If you don't have self-control, you've let something in. And again, if you've looked at pornography for a long stint of time and you're addicted to it or you do it on a regular basis, that's an open door to a demon. I don't care what you want to say. I'm telling you guys from experience, from the Bible, that's an open door. So it's one, acknowledging I have a demon. Okay, now I need to get free from it. Because if you don't acknowledge it, then you're going to think, well, yeah, fasting worked for you, Taylor, because you had a demon, but I don't have a demon. <laughs> Bro, it's much easier to just admit, oh yeah, I probably let a spirit in. You know why it's easier? Because then it's an easier fix. If you're telling me it's not demonic, then that means you just need to renew your mind on it. That's way harder than just getting a demon cast out and being like, oh wow, I feel 10 times better now. Sorry, car passing. Getting a little passionate. People uh, passing by me are probably like, why is this guy waving in the air? Because <laughs> I'm like using my hands. Oh no, it's windy. Um, but yeah, all that to say is one, you need to acknowledge that you have something. Um, and there's no shame in that. But if you don't acknowledge it, then and look, of course, it's getting windy right now, and I'm trying to say something important. If you don't acknowledge it, you're not going to get free from it. So it's one, acknowledging it. I have a problem. I open a door. There's probably a demonic spirit there. Big deal. Guess what? The Bible makes it very clear how to get rid of those things. And guess what? Deliverance is like the elementary teachings of the faith. It's literally just to get you free, and then you have a whole lifetime of freedom. It's not like, don't think, oh my gosh, I'm not saved. But a demon can, if you allow that thing to just stay there, could lead you into enough sin that you don't get saved. So... Let's take this seriously. But next thing is, so this buddy calls me, right? And we're talking and, and I told him and he's like, yeah, okay. That's interesting, right? So he calls me, I think it's like the night after the next night. Dude, I was at a worship night. I felt God being like, and I was, or he, he said, I asked God, you know, God, I won't set me free from lust. What do you want me to do? And God was like fast for three days. And he was like, what? <laughs> you know, no one, oh, whoa. I just literally looked to my left. There's a deer just staring at me like 20 feet away. Um, and he was like, what, you know? And he kind of fought with God. Like, well, I'm a, I do this and I do that. I can't fast, you know? Like everyone has an excuse. Let's just start there. Everyone has an excuse. So I don't want to hear yours. I'm not trying to be rude, but I have a billion excuses and I still fast 
at least five days a month. And it's, again, it's not a legalistic thing. It's not me trying to be prideful. I'm just saying I had to get over myself and my excuses. Everyone should be fasting. It's a part of the normal Christian life. It shouldn't be a fast a year. My opinion, I really do think a fast a month is something that God is calling us to do a lot of the times because we need to fast for things in our life. You want deliverance? Fast. You want to renew your mind? Fast. You want to heal someone? Fast. Like, fasting brings you closer to God. It's breakthrough in the spiritual realm. You, you should fast more. But when he's God told him, finally he's like, okay, I'll do it. And God said, I set you free. I just wanted to see if you would say yes. But this person said, no, I'm still going to fast. And he ended up fasting three days. Well, guess what? He got set free from lust. <laughs> and then God set him free from some other stuff. He said he was reading the Bible and some stuff came up and he kept getting, um, what's the word? I'm blanking. He kept getting um, distracted. And he's like, spirit of distraction, go. And he literally, I forget what he said, if he yawned or coughed or something, but he's like, bro, something else came out. I was like, see right there, the fast. God is giving you freedom because of the fast. And he's also opening your eyes, right? If you, there's no better way to stunt your spiritual growth than to not fast. There's no better way to, to make your spiritual growth faster and better than fasting. So fast, please, I beg you, it's, it'll change your life for God. Um, but anyways, that's something that's been on my heart. It's like, look at how it worked for him. He applied what I was telling him, and it wasn't even me. It was just the Bible. I had used the Bible and had um, studied it and seen, hey, demons only come out with prayer and fasting sometimes. Like, I'm going to fast and get free. God, and I'm just giving you guys a reminder if you haven't heard. I said, God, I want to be free. I will do anything. You told me to fast for 40 days. I'm in it. Well, God actually only told me to fast for 12 days, but I was literally like, are you sure? Like, I want to make sure this is gone. I will fast for 40 days. Like, obviously, if you have someone around you that can pray for deliverance, just do that. Like, this way, that's, that's going to be easier on you. But I will say with lust, because especially um, um, us men, like, it's something that's extremely hard. 95% of people deal with it. Fasting is the best way to destroy your flesh and to really say, no, I'm not going to do what the flesh is wanting me to do, which is to lust, which is to look at pornography, which is to masturbate. No, I'm not going to do it. So when you ask God to fast, yes, this God told this person three days, but that doesn't mean he's not going to tell you 20. Are you willing to do it? And we're not talking about a, an iPhone fast or an Instagram fast. You need to realize one thing. Fasting in the Bible means to close your mouth. Okay, you can fast Instagram that's great. That's not a biblical fast. I'm not saying you won't get good things out of it. But the reason you fast food is food is the most basic necessity. God doesn't, didn't design us to have Instagram. So he doesn't mind if you have it once in a while or never. Not eating though, that will literally kill you. So fasting is literally the best way to put your body completely in check and say, no, I am trusting fully in God and not in my own self. The, all the other stuff like Instagram, that's just to better you. So you need to realize that Unless you literally hear the voice of God say, fast Instagram to get free from lust. I don't believe that's biblical. God, when he, when he told people to fast, they fasted. They didn't eat. And I know you're going to say, well, what about a Daniel fast? Well, if you really look at the Bible, a Daniel fast isn't really a fast. He just didn't eat the choice meats. <laughs> that's, Jesus never said, hey, go and do a Daniel fast. You know, I've done a Daniel fast. I'm not saying it's not good. But the point of a fast means to close your mouth. So in my mind... I would stick to that. But if you are desperate, don't go emailing me saying, God, Taylor, I really want this gone. What do I do? I'm telling you right now, go get alone with God and say, God, I hate my sin. I hate it. 
I need freedom. God, what do you want me to do? Whatever you will do. Remember with, you know, Jericho, he said, hey, walk around the city every day. They didn't, he didn't, they didn't say, oh, well, that's kind of weird. They're like, okay, if you're desperate, you will do anything for freedom, anything. So you need to show that with God too. Like, it's not like, oh, well, 20 days, that's a long time. It's like, okay, bet. Like 20 days is shorter than 40. I'm doing it because I want freedom. How bad do you want this, right? If you really want a, a car, you go out, you save up money, and then you go buy the car. Like, it's not like, oh, well, that's, oh, that's a lot of work. Do you really want the car? Apparently you don't. So by you saying, well, I don't want to fast either, or, well, God told me, you know, fast lunches every day. Hmm, okay, well, it doesn't seem like you're sold out to have this thing gone. It seems like there's still something holding you back. And that's why for the longest time, I never asked God, how long should I fast? Because I didn't really want it gone. I still loved my sin a little bit. Until I got to the point where I was on my knees saying, God, I will do anything you ask me, anything to get this free. He saw it, He said, that's desperation. That's repentance. That's really wanting it. And then he gave it to me. He gave me a way to be free from it. That's the key. You, you, you have to be desperate. If you're not desperate, you're not getting delivered. I, I've, I've, I've been a part of or watched over 100 people get, get delivered from demons. That's not any kind of pride on my side. That's just to say, they don't go unless you're desperate for them to go. They have legal right to your body. If you still love your sin, there's still part of you that likes that sin. The demon knows that and he's holding on to that legal right that you're giving him. I know you're going to say, well, they go on Jesus' name. They go on Jesus' name if you're letting them go. If you're holding on to them, Jesus can't tug them out of you because you have free will. You have to hate that thing. So anyways, it's just been on my heart. There's a lot of you out there that are still struggling with it that have heard my advice and you still haven't done it. And again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, don't ask for advice or don't say, I want this gone unless you're willing to put in the work because you're lying to me, you're lying to God and you're lying to yourself. If you really want it gone, then go and do what I've said. It's biblical and it's also worked for me and multiple other people. Do it and it'll change your life. But again, make sure you're hearing God. Don't just say, okay, you're right, Taylor. I'm going to do five-day fast. Well, what if God wants you to do 20? You know, we got to be obedient. And I double, triple check when he told me 12. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I literally will go longer to make sure. So yeah, sorry to put some of you on blast, but uh, I mean it out of love. And again, like First John always talks about, like, don't deceive your own self. Like, let's be straight shooters. If you want it gone, then apply what I'm saying. If you don't want it gone, I'm, I'm not God. And, and that's up to you and him. Um, but let's be honest with ourselves. So yeah, sorry, that was a, was a bit of a tough one. Um, let's see. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was Kylie coming on the podcast. I kind of mentioned that. Um, Kylie, I'm not going to share her whole story, but... She actually reached out, and I think I've shared a little bit of this, but she reached out and she felt like, you know what, I don't think I have the Holy Spirit. I can't understand the Bible. I want to speak in tongues. But um, yeah, I'd love for you to pray. And uh, I ended up praying for her over, over FaceTime and the Lord just filled her up and she started speaking in tongues. and It was incredible. Um, and man, she's went on to produce so much fruit, you guys. It's incredible. She's 17, I believe. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, it's just been incredible and it's so cool. That's why I love the podcast. It just, it connects people. And like now I, I have a sister in Christ who's doing amazing things and I'm able to help her where I can. And she's also really encouraged me and it's been great. Um, so yeah, all that to say is I really want her to come on the podcast and share that because if a 17 year old can go baptize people, cast demons out, then so can you. Cause most people that are listening are older than that. And I know multiple 16, 17 year olds that are doing this work guys. It's for us all. And that's the point of this podcast. You can do it. And the reason some of you see no fruit in your life is cause you're not stepping out. You're not be- fully believing in this with two feet that people need deliverance, that people need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Read your Bibles. It says for the forgiveness of your sins as a direct quote from Jesus. Don't tell me that's heresy. Sorry, that's a direct quote from the Bible. (laughs) Or should I say the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit did write the Bible and also Peter said it. And you know, you get my point. That's a direct quote from the Bible. So don't tell me that's heresy. (laughs) That's literally what the Bible says. Um, But if you're not seeing fruit, it's because you're not applying. And she literally took it, never even seen it before. And was like, okay, I hear this from Taylor. I've heard it from a few other people. Okay, I'm just going to go do it. And guess what? It works. It works. So if you're not seeing your fruit in your life, it has nothing to do with anything but you. We we, got to step out. And I'm speaking to myself here too, guys. We have to step out, believe for healing, believe for deliverance. All these things are backed by faith. You're not going to love someone into the kingdom because that's going to hate someone into hell. (laughs) Loving someone into the kingdom, at least in our culture, means just be nice to them, be a nice Christian, Hopefully they recognize you're a Christian and somehow hopefully they accept God because of that. There is nothing wrong with loving people. That's exactly what God told us to do. But that is not how you make a disciple. That's not how you make a disciple. Read the Bible. You pray for people for healing. They see something. You preach the gospel to them. You, you share your testimony. What do, the, what do the disciples do? They share their testimony. They hear, oh wow, there's freedom from this. There's freedom from this. I want that. You baptize them to bury their old life. They repent before that. I'm sorry, that's very important. They repent, they return away from their old life. They get baptized. They get demons cast out. Now they're like, okay, I know this is real because they see the demonic. Like, trust me, you guys. Every time someone gets delivered, they're like, okay, that's real. Then they get filled with the Holy Spirit and boom, like you've made a disciple now. You Loving someone into the kingdom and never saying something about their sin, never saying something about your experience, your testimony. You're just hating them into hell, loving them into hell or whatever you want to say, because they will never know the truth. And um, yeah, it's just, I just don't see that in the Bible. You're supposed to love them, but you tell your brothers and sisters, you tell your, your, your friends, coworkers, parents, this is what God did in my life. Is it hard? Of course. Have I, have I wimped out and not done it multiple times? Yes. But have I also sat down with people and shared them my whole testimony? Yeah, and it's changed lives and has nothing to do with me. It's just, I applied the Bible. We don't John 3.16 people into heaven. We, we share our testimonies. We talk about sin. We tell them how there's freedom. And then we help them get that freedom. No other way. Zero way. I've tried them all. They don't work. Except the biblical way. Go figure. <laughs> so the last thing I want to talk about was social media. I've just kind of had it on my heart because... Um, gonna say oh social media yeah because and this is just from me like feeling like um 
you know, being in Montana and all this stuff, there's so much you want to like post on social media and like, look at this place, look at this place, look at how cool my life is or whatever the heck, um, you know, that we all do on social media and gosh darn, it's getting windy. But for a long time, I've been convicted about social media, but I think God's just been taking it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm just being open and honest right now because I care about you guys and I care about your growth. But it is scary to be open and honest because when you are, you're held accountable now. Like I'm going to be held accountable for everything I say right now. And I'm also in the in the the personal or the public eye. Like people can see what I post and see if I'm, you know, practicing what I preach. But I feel that I am. Um, to the best of my abilities and I definitely fall short. But I think something that we need to do is every time we post on social media is asking ourselves, why am I posting this? I'm not saying there's not valid reasons, but I think there's a lot of invalid reasons that especially us as Christians are somehow twisting to make fit. But I've noticed that a lot of times it's to boost my pride or to show people, look at how great my life is. Like honestly, ask yourself, what is the point of me posting a picture of myself on my Instagram? Because I really, and I know I've talked about this in an older episode, but I really can't understand the reasoning why I'd want to do that besides to show someone, hey, look at how good I look. Or, oh, I really look good in this picture. I want other people to see. There's zero way that you can twist it to say that it's not about yourself. So when I see people's Instagrams or whatever, Facebook, that are all their face, they're all them, I have to ask myself, why? Now, let me give some, you know, some certain instances where I see, yeah, it's not a bad thing. And I'm not even trying to condemn anyone, guys. I'm really just speaking from my heart and from me, what God has been showing me. If you post a picture of you and your family, right? I don't think that's a bad thing because at a certain point, social media, so many cars, social media was designed, um, well, I'm sure it was designed for bad purposes too, but I think it's an amazing tool to be able to connect with people that you don't get to talk to. So in a way, yeah, it's amazing that you get to share like, like kind of like a Christmas card. Like, hey, here's how we all look. Like all the kids are growing up so fast. Like, I don't think those are bad things. Okay, and obviously sometimes you can have a selfish motive in it, but sometimes it's just like, hey, I just want like some of my friends to like see the fam. Like, like I miss them. Like for me living in Montana, like I don't see my friends anymore. So seeing Instagram photos is like, really amazing for me, you know what I mean? And I want, I'm curious if they feel the same about, I guess, seeing me. I don't really post anything of myself, but all that to say is I can see certain scenarios where it makes sense and I'm not against it, posting pictures of yourself. Um, and it does come back to your heart, but people who just post about themselves, and this is actually why I had to delete my first Instagram in high school. It caused so much drama and I just realized this is just literally me trying to show, hey, I had all this fun with my friends. Hey, I got to do this cool thing. Hey, I climbed this cool mountain. Like, are there things that I want to show on Instagram just because I would send it literally to my friends? Yeah, of course. Like sometimes maybe I'm on a hike and I'm like, hey, this is really pretty. I just want to share this. To me, that's not about look at me what I just climbed. Like, I mean, anyone can do that, but it's more like, hey, I want to show everyone, look at how beautiful this is. Like, wow, like I want other people to enjoy this. That's how I feel about being a photographer on Instagram. As you know, my main page is basically just photos I take. I want a platform to be able to share them. And I guess you, there's a way that you could say, well, that's selfish. You just want people to say they like them and stuff. But really, 
I'm creating them to be enjoyed by people. Like I'm taking pictures of nature because I want other people to enjoy nature and the, and the things that I photograph. It's not to glorify myself. It's just to be like, I love this and I want someone to share it with. It's like a meal. Like I love cooking for myself, but it's great to cook for other people. That's how I feel. So that's why I think it does come down to your heart. Some people might be posting for the opposite reason. Just say, look at how cool I am. Look at all the places I get to go, right? We always have to keep ourselves in check. And that's why I think social media is a very dangerous thing because there's so many different avenues how the devil can trick us to think, oh, you're doing that totally for the right reason, Taylor. But it's like, really, am I? And there's been many times where it's like, oh, I was almost gonna post that on my story. And then I was like, why though? Why am I posting that picture on my story? Why? Because I think I look good in it or like literally why? I think if you question everything with social media, you're going to actually be a lot more pure in your social media uh, presence because you're going to realize, hmm, yeah, all the whys are not lining up with why I should be posting this biblically. So I'm not going to do that. No, get wrong. Social media is a huge responsibility. Like you're going to be posting on there. You're putting your life on there. Like and it's a lot more now that you have to ask the question of like, why? But anyways, I just share some of those quick thoughts because it's just been on my heart. Like the, like people, and I, this is the point I made last time, but people always want to say, well, I just post a picture of me in a bathing suit because I like how I look. Like I don't need anyone else to tell me, but I like, okay, if you like it, then you can just look at it on your phone. Why do you need to post it to the whole world? You see what I'm saying? Like posting it, making it public is trying to look for something from someone else. If you like it so much how much you, <laughs> if you like so much how you look in it, that's great. Just enjoy it from your phone. No one needs to see it. You're looking for something. You're looking for someone's um, love on it. You're looking for someone's compliments. I don't know. I don't post bathing suit pictures, but my point is, and I'm not trying to just condemn women. I'm just, this just been in my mind for a long time. It's like, why would you post that? Why? Um, and so I just say all this again, like I'm not condemning anyone. I don't have anyone in mind. I'm literally just talking for myself. It's like, we have to look at the why. If we don't look at the why, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of trouble. Um, and I don't want to be in that place. Yeah, so that's been on my heart and it's been good to just kind of say no to posting certain things. Even though like I want to share these experiences with my friends and, and stuff and show the world what I'm doing. But at the same time, like, uh, are my motives fully good? I don't know. Like, I just want to keep myself in check. And I've found that it's better to be more quiet on social media than to be talkative. <laughs> like, don't get wrong. I want to talk. Oh, two deers just crossed in front of me. I want to talk about God in there and I want to be his witness. But regarding other things... I just like to be more quiet and mysterious. People don't need to know what I'm doing with my life every day and stuff like that. So if that blesses you, great. If it doesn't, I think it's even good for me to just talk through because I, I know that I need to keep myself in check. And we're, high to a, we're held to a higher standard. So if you're offended by this, like, just know we're to hold ourselves at a high standard. It's not easy. Living without a house right now is not easy. Easy is not the Christian way. The Christian way is very hard, but because we serve a God that's sovereign, loving, and, and good. He, he provides for us, so he takes the burden off. That doesn't mean it's not hard. So if you're offended, just remember, Jesus is offensive. No, I'm kidding, um, but not really. Um, so yeah, I think that's basically all I have on my heart today. Um, I really love you guys, and I thank you just for all the love that you've shown the podcast. The podcast actually turned a year old like a week ago or two, and wow 
it's pretty crazy. And before we took this like two month vacation, I think I had only missed like not that many weeks. Like this is the most consistent I've ever been. And it's just the grace of God because he's given me this platform and he's given me the ability to speak. And has it made other things harder? Of course. Like I feel like I'm definitely um, held to a higher standard and I have to be very careful. And But it's been so good for me. And I just want to say like, for everything you guys get out of it, I get so much from it too. And just hearing your guys' responses and your support means the world, literally. Um, yeah, it's just weird to even think that like someone's listening to my voice right now. <laughs> so, hey, person. Um, but yeah, um, literally, I do love you guys. And I do apologize because God's just reminding me I've not responded to a lot of you in email. And yeah, I've just been really flicky with that. And before I was like, email me, I'm bored. I'll, I'll talk to you. And then it's like, oh, I haven't <laughs> responded to everyone or I've responded and I haven't responded the second time. So I apologize. And I don't really have good service right now, but once I get some service and some time, I'm going to sit down and respond to those. You know, reasons as it takes a while is I really want to make a response that's good length, like good explanation, answering all the questions. And we're going through people's lives over email. So sometimes it can be hard, but I will say sometimes that's an excuse because it's like, oh, this is going to take a long time. So I don't want to go sit down and do it. So I apologize, you guys. I know a lot of you guys need help, but I encourage you like, you are seeking God, you're seeking deliverance or just, you know, looking to grow spiritually, fasting will never hurt anything. And again, we have a million reasons why we can't fast. So I don't even want to hear them. Fasting is amazing. And if you truly trust God, he will take care of all the things that you're like worried about, like your blood sugar or your exercise or la, 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 la. God will take care of you trusting him. But mm, I think some people think, oh, I need to be called to fast. You know, the Bible says when you fast. So that just means you're supposed to fast. Like fasting is never bad. There's been multiple days where I've been like, I just want to get close to God. I'm going to fast. I say multiple, like it happens all the time. I think it's been like three times, but, and it still was hard. But point being is if you're really seeking right now, fast. We tell people to fast. Why? Because your response to me telling you you should fast really shows whether you're sold out, whether you're really surrendered or whether you're still wanting an easy route. And I don't say that to be mean. I just say, this life is really hard. So I'd rather you to just prepare you now. It's a lot of dying to yourself. And eventually, if you stick with it, you're not even going to be fasting for yourself. You're literally going to be fasting for other people and hurting your own body so that other people can succeed and do well. Like we fast for people a lot. And that's not, again, to glorify ourselves. Just say like, it's hard and it's not easy. (laughs) So I would encourage you if you're out there, you're looking to grow closer to God, you're waiting on a response from me, fast. Do like a three-day fast. You can, I drink whatever, basically no like hard smoothies unless I'm getting pretty tired. It's not a legalistic thing, but I would say at a certain point, it's not legalistic, but like you're not supposed to eat food. Like don't say, okay, I'm just not going to eat this and this unless you feel really God tell you that. Like fast food and then for drinks, like I still drink coffee. Like if you feel like it's okay to drink a Dr. Pepper or something like that's totally fine, but definitely close your mouth off to food. But yeah, enough about fasting. We just encourage you. And if you need more information, watch the fast podcast. But I think we're always searching for information instead of just hearing and doing. So I would really encourage you to do. Anyways, I'm rambling because it's easy when you're walking. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your prayers. 
Um, I pray that you guys have an amazing Friday. I'm going to pray us out right now. Dear Lord God, thank you so much for this beautiful scenery that I get to walk in right now. Thank you for not letting me get dehydrated and die. Um, thank you, God, just for what you've spoken today. And I pray that it would sit well with whoever's listening, God. And I really pray that it would challenge people. Um, Lord, I pray that you would lead someone to fast today, Lord. pray that you would lead someone to change the way they think about social media. Um, and I pray that even just sharing our story, even though it's been a struggle and it's been hard and we have grumbled, but that that would inspire some people to really take a deeper step with you of like total faith and trust. God, um, just as I see how you're just strengthening our faith through this. Thank you, God, for this platform and thank you for the ability you gave me to make a podcast today, Lord. Um, just pray for everyone out there. Bless them, lead them into all truth. God, um, speak to them. Um, show them your will for their lives. Um, heal their body right now in Jesus' name. Set them free from any bondage. Lord, and I just pray that you would be faithful and just to um, just lead them as a father would, God. You're so good. We thank you, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen. Well, guys, that's all I have. Um, hopefully you will hear back from me next week. <laughs> but love you guys. Have a great Friday or whenever this gets to you. Talk to you later.